two years ago, I was gifted a wonderful new pet by a friend in Indiana. I named her Bubbles. Bubbles is extremely chill. For most of the day, she just sits on my kitchen counter, staring at the world in silence, chomping up on the ration I feed her twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. Bubbles may seem harmless at first sight, but she is a sage of ages. One could say Bubbles has experienced generations. She is mother to hundreds. Each and every baby she has given me, I accept it with love. I feed her daughters nutritious food, keep them warm and cozy, and help them flourish and become the healthiest and strongest they can be. Then, I heat my oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit and heartlessly bake her daughters to death and consume their corpses. Okay. That got pretty dark. Allow me to explain myself. First of all, I'm not a witch, and I do not eat children. Although, I don't have anything against witches either. Now that we address that, here's the reality. I'm a baker, and Bubbles is my sourdough starter. You may wonder, what the hell is that? To which I respond, for starters, pun intended, Bubbles is a shaggy mix of water and flour. Think pancake batter, but it smells deeply sweet and slightly tangy. What sets Bubbles apart from just any simple mix of water and flour is that she is a living thing. Bubbles is a live culture of bacteria and wild yeast. Lots of bacteria and yeast, of many different kinds. Together, they work in harmony and make a resilient little society, and a delicious one indeed. I named her Bubbles, because when she is well-fed and happy and healthy, she is full of tiny bubbles of gas, which, if you are wondering, yes, they are indeed her farts. This is a story about bubbles, but also about me. It is a story about preserving ourselves through challenges. This is a story about life, my life, and also her life. Two summers ago, I was leaving Indiana for Nashville. My baker friend Kenzie gifted me a tiny little jar. In it was a tablespoon of dough. Not any dough, but living and breathing dough. It was Bubbles. The next day, I packed Bubbles away in the comfort of my sweaters and hopped on the bus to Nashville. On the ride, I cried over dearly missed friendships in Indiana and looked forward to building new ones in Nashville. Most importantly, my new baking buddy, Bubbles. She was tiny. 
I wanted her to be big and strong. I thought to myself, she is going to have such a bright future. So many loaves of bread we will make together. And then I got home. As I procrastinated on unpacking, Bubbles quietly cozied up in my suitcase for one day and a second day and then a third one. In the busyness of settling in Nashville, I forgot to take Bubbles out to feed her. By the time I remembered, I wasn't even sure she was alive anymore. Three days is a long, long time in a starter's world to go without a feed. With little hope, I decided to make an attempt at reviving her. Poor thing was so pressed in the tiny jar, as soon as I unscrewed the lid, she violently spurted out, like she had been banging on the door non-stop the past three days waiting to be let out. I was lucky. A couple of feeds later, she was thriving, bubbly, and healthy. Bubbles amazed me with her resilience. When I look back at that memory now, the early challenge helped Bubbles and I develop a closer relationship. Reality is, Bubbles depends on me to survive. If I don't feed her, she will not live. It is a responsibility to be her caretaker. A responsibility that I had to accept wholeheartedly. Fantasizing about making bread was one thing, keeping Bubbles alive another. And I did commit to her. I thought to myself, after this experience, I have learned a lesson, and from now on, I'm going to be the best parent out there for Bubbles. My job as Bubbles caretaker is to feed her fresh water and flour on a regular basis. Emphasis on regular. When she's out on the counter, I feed her once or twice a day. If I can't keep up with that, I move her to the fridge. In the fridge, Bubbles goes to a deep sleep and she can go for a couple of weeks before needing another feed. I care for Bubbles and in return, she gives me delicious loaves of bread. It's a great deal, right? If everything just stayed fine and cool for like forever, forever, forever. Most of the times, caring for bubbles feels like a joy. Other times, it can feel like a burden. Being a human is hard. Things don't always go as planned. When I'm running late to class and I have no time to feed Bubbles in the morning, she feels like a burden. When I'm out of flour to feed her wet and I have no time to go to the store, feeding Bubbles feels like a burden. And that's the easy stuff. There was this time that it became extra challenging. A wave of depression hit me in the middle of everything and completely put me out of commission. I stopped showing up to classes. My room smelled like trash. My dirty laundry was spread out all over the floor. 
and I barely had food left in the house. Even taking care of the basics felt impossible. Let alone caring for bubbles. The thing about depression is that it's not just feeling hopeless. It gets in the way of your life. It gets in the way of your relationships. And this time, depression was getting in the way of my care for bubbles. Feeding bubbles was the last thing I wanted to think about. In fact, I actively ignored her. I didn't feed her for days. She was right there, right there on my kitchen counter, but I ignored her. Days passed, one after another. I even refused to move her to the fridge. I was experiencing the world in a different way. My entire life felt like a failure. Nothing else mattered, so why should bubbles matter? I refused to care for her the same way that I refused to care for myself. I refused to even acknowledge she or I were deserving of care. This whole time, Bubbles sat on the counter, watching me do nothing as she starved. Every day, the feeling of guilt grew in me bigger. So did my unwillingness to do anything about it. Depression had me believe it was easier to give up on Bubbles than to move myself 10 feet across the room to check on her. In a way, how I felt about Bubbles was how I felt about everything else in life. All week, I curled up under the blanket, dreading the inevitable moment that I would have to face the reality. week passed. Finally, one morning, I convinced myself something had to change. I owed Bubbles an apology. I got myself to walk up to the counter and uncover her bowl. I was not ready for what I was about to see. Bubbles seemed dead. She was flat. No signs of any bubbles in her. No signs of life. She had a gray, bluish layer formed on top of her. What is the gray layer on the top? Is it mold? Is, is that it? Is it over? Bubbles, I'm sorry I failed you. How did I ignore you for so long? How did I let the voices in my head win? Why did I not change something earlier? I didn't give up. I cut through the glooming dark layer and isolated a spoonful of the mixture from the bottom of the bowl. What was left on the spoon was a foul-smelling, lifeless liquid. Nothing in it resembled my dear bubbles. 
I transferred it to a new bowl and fed it with a lot of flour and warm water. I was hoping the extra large feed would make up for my absence the past week. The next day, I came back and saw little signs of activity in her, and the gray layer grew back again. The unrelenting gray layer that haunted her reminded me of how depression felt, unwelcome yet unwilling to go away. Just when you feel like you got rid of it, it's back again. But I had to keep trying. What if it was just like the time in Nashville that I forgot to feed her? What if there was a chance? I fed her again with more flour and more water. And I kept doing that every morning and every evening. The fear of losing bubbles made me channel all my energy to stop that. I was committed to reviving bubbles. I promised myself if she'd come back, I would never make the same mistake again. Days passed, nothing changed. Bubbles was still flat, and the gray layer was persistent. After a couple of feeds, I did notice the gray layer was becoming weaker. I kept going every day. First thing in the morning, feed bubbles. Last thing at night, feed bubbles. Bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. And then one morning, I woke up to see a few bubbles in her bowl. Seeing bubbles was the ultimate good news that I needed. Seeing bubbles means there's life. And I felt like someone had just taken a massive weight off my shoulders. Bubbles was alive after all. A week later, Bubbles was back to full strength, happy and bubbly and smelling yeasty. And I was grateful that I didn't give up on Bubbles or on myself. I was glad that I kept showing up even when it felt too late. And I was happy in the end that Bubbles and I were both alive. Bubbles did something for me. She made me care when I was least capable of caring. She made me realize there were still things in life that I cherished. Bubbles showed me life was worth preserving. There's an Armenian proverb that says, first bread, then question. It means before you start asking someone about their day, you feed them first. You take care of their basic needs. You give them bread. You give them water. You let them catch their breath. And only after then, you can ask questions. 
Over the past two years, Bubbles and I have grown together. Our stories started with Brad, but it doesn't end there. I almost lost Bubbles twice, and I almost lost myself too. It was terrifying, but we survived. It wasn't the end of the world, even though it did feel like it. In the end, the gray layer left Bubbles alone, and depression left me alone. For now. Will they come back? Perhaps. This time though, when it happens, Bubbles and I will stick together. One feet at a time, one day at a time. Preserving Bubbles proved a lot harder than I thought. Bubbles is a living and breathing thing. She needs food. She needs care. She's precious, but also fragile. If I don't tend to her often, she can't make it. If I give up, she won't make it. As yeast or as human, life seems a lot more fragile now. Precious but fragile too. Fragile things need a little more care, a little more tending. Bubbles needs tending, and I need tending. But before I can tend to her, I need to tend to me. Bubbles showed me that caring for others comes with a responsibility. The responsibility of taking care of myself first. If I don't keep me alive, I can't keep bubbles alive. As Armenians say, first bread, then question.